This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome to Dollars and Cents. I'm Elaine Scollin, along with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates. They're experts in helping you get out of debt. So we're going to get some tips for debt and other money matters. It's a two-part. It's a two-parter. This segment is the first of two. Uh, And it's so great because Blair is going to give us some tips on managing personal debt, our money, and really lots of other financial affairs. Um, So, Blair, let's start because you are a licensed insolvency trustee, really important to make note of that. One of a thousand in Canada, are we still at that number? Yeah, I think we're in the 900s, but yeah, it is, it's 900? not getting bigger. Yeah, somewhere around there. It's no. not getting. See, I think it should be getting bigger because it's such a great business to be in, to be helping people and being, you know, totally responsible for helping them and federally regulated to help them. I, I don't know. I think it's a great idea. So if you're thinking about some career change, you might want to think about that. So let's talk about what a licensed insolvency trustee does, because not everybody knows what that means even. Yeah, that, that's the biggest challenge, Elaine, is a lot of people just aren't aware that this professional and LIT licensed insolvency trustee even exists and that there was someone that we are someone you can reach out to on a confidential, no-cost basis to get some help for your debt. So a trustee is the only designated professional by the federal government to provide legal debt management services for Canadians. So as a trustee, I've got the authority, the power to assist people in managing their debts, and if they need the help of federally supervised debt restructuring legislation like a personal bankruptcy or a consumer proposal, I've got the ability to license from the government to help them restructure their debts legally, help them start again, get a fresh start. So what a trustee does on a day-to-day basis, I meet with people, I give them confidential debt advice, I assist them with their debt solutions like a consumer proposal or a personal bankruptcy. Um, But my main job when I meet someone is just to help them understand what their options are, help them weigh all of those options, and come to a really good decision that they can believe in that's going to put them on a good path to being debt-free, whatever that, that path might look like. Now, I bet a majority of the people that come in or that you meet with on Zoom or however you meet with them, uh, dealing with debt for a majority of us would be so overwhelming and feel pretty hopeless at times. It absolutely can feel that way, Elaine. And when we study our our client base, we've done annual surveys for the last 10 years, it's consistently between one in five and one in six people are actually having suicidal thoughts about their debts and just can't see a way out other than that. So it's so gratifying to me and and to my colleagues just knowing the impact we can have on others because people tell us all the time, like how bad their life was before, um, you know, how they were driving to, you know, five different payday lenders as soon as their pension check got put into their car, sorry, got put into their bank account. Um, because they didn't want to miss any payments. So when you sit down with with a trustee, you really get a chance to to just click pause on all that hectic uh, life you might be having of trying to keep everybody happy and not being able to do so from a financial point of view and get a professional working on your side that's going to help you restructure the debt and get some sort of a quality of life back. And absolutely, people do find our services life-changing. So more than 90% of people who filed either a consumer proposal or a personal bankruptcy said that the debt option 
allowed them to feel good about the demands of their daily financial life. Before they had come to see us, it was under 20% of people felt that good about it. So it's consistently people feel very strongly, positively, um, that getting some debt restructuring advice really helped them, and they want others to be aware of it. So other than people finding us online or hearing us on the radio, our biggest source of clients um, is people we've helped before who choose to tell friends and family members who are having trouble that Sands and Associates is a safe place for them to go for help. Excellent. Can we talk a little bit about um, sort of the tips for folks for money management that that are general enough uh, that everybody could benefit from, uh, mm-hmm. but also very specific and, and down to earth, and, and this this information has been helpful to lots of people before? With pleasure. Yeah, the first one, um, and, and this one I sometimes, you know, you hear different misconceptions about this, but it's really clear, file your taxes every year and file them on time. So sometimes people will say, well, you don't, you don't need to file if the government owes you money or it's no big deal to get a few years behind, but it's a civic obligation every year to file your taxes, and we've said it oftentimes on this show, and it's true, it's way worse um, to not file your taxes than to file your taxes and owe the government money. At least if you filed your taxes and you owe the government money, they know you're keeping your end of the bargain, filing their returns every year. The government knows you're going to owe them money regardless, so just by not filing your taxes, you get yourself put into a category where the government is way more likely to take aggressive collection actions against you or even do what's called an arbitrary assessment, which is where essentially they just pick some numbers, maybe look at your bank account, maybe not, and say, okay, well, this is your taxes for this year. We filed it for you. You, you owe us a bunch of money now, and by the way, if this isn't accurate, you better disprove it with some good documentation, which can be a bit tough to do. And even if that doesn't apply to you, if it's not so you know, uh, complicated in your, in your personal situation, if you don't file or if you file late, you could be risking delaying some credits or benefits that you're entitled to. So things like those GST credits, the Canada Child Benefit, which can be hundreds of dollars a month for certain families, you may not get that unless you're filing your taxes every year. Um, things like OAS or GIS, all these acronyms that really can make big differences to people when they're getting their income from the government. Uh, And then finally, if you don't file on time and and pay what's owing, you can be hit with penalties and interest. Um, They can be significant. They can compound daily. So just really important, even if you owe money, get the taxes filed. Uh, It's just the right thing to do every year. Yeah. I such yeah, it's just so important. I, I've known people over the years who have not paid and, you know, just let them pile up year after year. And I just kind of shake my head. I think, oh, my gosh, that would be st- so stressful to know that that's sitting there waiting to be dealt with. And then, you know, you, you're really at the behest of the government at that point. There's so many things that can go wrong with you, more things that can go wrong with you than right with you, I would think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and sometimes I've had individuals that, you know, didn't file taxes and were doing everything by cash. And, you know, when they come to retirement age, they haven't paid into CPP. So guess what? They're not going to get any CPP. So it can be really right. quite quite an impact to them later in life. You know, people just trying to live off the grid and not file taxes. It's just better just get within the system, file the taxes every year. And if you want more reasons to know why it's so important to do that, uh, go to Sands & Associates' website. It's just filled with such good information, well-worded questions, and really thoughtful, articulate answers, uh, if that would help you move move your situation along a little bit. The address is sands-trustee.com, or you can give them a call if you already know you want to sit down with a licensed insolvency trustee. It's 1-800-661-3030. I love that your number two is having a budget budget and using a budget as a tool and not thinking of it as a punishment. Because I got to say, I have thought that in the past that a budget is a bit of a punishment sometimes. 
Yeah, and as I was putting the, the, the notes together, what we're going to talk about today, I just thought, wow, this is a bit of an analogy to a crash diet. You know, if you put yourself on a diet that, you know, I'm going to drop a ton of weight and this is the temporary thing and I don't allow myself any indulgences whatsoever, well, you know that's just, just planning to fail. Obviously, you're going to gain the weight back and it's not going to be a permanent way to live. So the problem that pe- many people run into is they make a budget for an ideal state, an ideal situation, something they aspire to, but it's just not realistic and you're not helping anybody and certainly not your motivation if you're setting a budget, but then every month you're finding, well, the budget just didn't work. It didn't work again and again and again. You eventually just get demoralized. So the biggest advice here is to be realistic when you're setting up a budget and to give yourself some room for a general spending allowance because sometimes things that are unforeseen just will come up. So if you have your budget just down to the dollar with no flexibility at all, you're not going to be able to absorb any shocks. But you've also got to make sure, too, that your budget is setting itself up for success. So allow yourself some fun some entertainment, some things that, you know, will give you some joy in life. And if it's the case that, you know, your budget just won't provide for the necessities and the debt payments, so on and so forth, well, then that's a big trigger that reaching out to a licensed insolvency trustee can help you uh, figure out how to fix that budget by taking away the debt, hopefully reducing or significantly eliminating um, the debt payments that are there. I think one of the last points on a budget is just to make sure that you do revisit the budget. So setting the budget at the beginning of the month and then not actually tracking how I do against it at the end of the month, you're missing about 90% of the benefit there because you can't correct the behavior unless you know exactly uh, where it went wrong. Excellent. Can we skip um, a little bit ahead and talk about, because I think this is so important. I remember the very first time I heard this as something not to do, and that's about if you already have RRSPs and you're in a, and you owe some money, uh, what not to do with that money in the RRSP? Yeah. Yeah, this, if we've talked about nothing else today or if people remember nothing else, don't cash in your RRSPs to pay your debt. So full stop, it's almost always a bad idea. I've never seen a situation where it was a good idea, um, but still people are doing this, and it it breaks my heart when I see someone who's done this because they thought they had no other option. So very clearly, RRSPs are federally protected assets. So regardless of what a collector might tell you or what the bank might say, nobody can seize your RRSP funds as long as they've been in your account for more than 12 months. So 100% of your RRSP can be safe, and this changed in about 2008, and it's been a long time now, Uh, to protect RRSPs, but people didn't know that. So previous to the law changing, if you filed a bankruptcy, you would lose your RRSPs. So people cashing them in to pay debt, well, they might have lost them either way, so that was fine. But the laws changed significantly years ago, so RRSPs are fully protected. And what happens when you cash in RRSPs is you often have a more significant tax bill than you anticipated because it gets added to your income at the highest tax rate. So often you get less money than you thought. You may have a tax bill to pay at the end of the year. And then the triple impact is now you don't have that money there for you when you're actually going to need it. It's not going to be there for your retirement if it's been used to pay debt. So if you're considering cashing in RSPs to pay debt, please stop, speak to a licensed insolvency trustee and do everything with eyes wide open. And I think you'd make a different decision knowing that they are protected and you do have options to deal with the debt and keep the RRSPs. The other thing that I remember learning from you the very first time we sat down was about co-signing a debt, trying to give somebody a hand, help them out. Oh, I can do this. I'm not giving them any money, but I can support them in them paying off this debt by co-signing. And uh, you have some very clear, clear rules on that. 
Yeah, you know, in, in simple terms, when is it wise to co-sign a debt? Almost never is the answer. And I have people in my office, you know, on a, on a weekly basis who sometimes they're ready to go on a debt solution, but the issue is one of their debts is co-signed, and as soon as they start to restructure their debt, well, that co-signer is now going to be on the hook for 100% of the debt. And that's how it works with co-signing is a joint and several liability. So it's not a 50-50 split. If you co-sign for somebody else and they don't pay, you're on the hook for 100% of that debt. And a lot of people, when they co-sign, they say, you know, I was never expecting to pay it or I was never expecting to pay all of it if I had to. So it can result in, an, you know, a really bad obligation for the co-signer and it can impact personal relationships, add a whole emotional layer to things if it's a friend or family member. So it's generally just not a wise thing to do to co-sign debt. Again, investigate your options. Sometimes the bank might know something that you don't. If they're not willing to loan you money under your own accord and they want a co-signer brought in, maybe that's a good indication that you need to be having a professional evaluate your overall situation. Yeah, having a different conversation with a different person. And let's finish with that. What is the best way for people to get in touch with a licensed insolvency trustee for advice, Blair? Well, you can reach out to us, find us online at sans-trustee.com or call us at 310-0911. It should never cost you money to find out your financial options. And with Sands and Associates, all consultations are free, confidential, and we're generally able to act very, very quickly to deal with urgent situations. Excellent. You're listening to Dollars and Cents with Blair Manton from Sands and Associates, helping you get out of debt. So we talk a lot about consumer proposals on the show, Blair, but I, I know that not everybody knows what it is. And this is such a good segment because it's going to explain in detail, if you don't know, if you're a new uh, listener to the show, what a consumer proposal is. And I, I love this. Uh, the key part of it is you can cons consolidate your, your debt without a loan or interest costs. And it's, and it's pretty unique um, and super powerful uh, that uh, licensed insolvency trustee Blair Manton is going to explain it all to us. Go ahead, Blair. Yeah, that, that's right, Elaine. So this one, um, you know, I kind of consider a bit of a back-to-basics segment. So we've been doing the show for a long time, but as you said, we may have some listeners who've just joined us, you know, in the past, you know, weeks or months, and we've referenced consumer proposals a lot. Um, but let's spend some time today just really talking about what is a proposal, what are the steps, and what can it do for you? Um, and, you know, just, just to start off, and you gave a, a really good intro there, Elaine, and a consumer proposal, it's a means of consolidating your debt, but you don't have to borrow. So when a lot of people think about debt consolidation, they think about marching off to the bank and getting a loan to pay off all of their other debts and then paying the bank back. And yeah, that's an option to consolidate for sure. But quite often people have difficulty qualifying for it, or maybe the debts are even so high that they can't afford to pay off a consolidation loan in a reasonable period of time. So what a consumer proposal allows you to do, it allows you to settle your debts for less than you owe by making a deal with your creditors and consolidating your debts into one manageable, usually monthly payment. So you don't have to resort to bankruptcy. This is the way you can reduce your debts, stop all the future interest, um, and allow yourself to move forward with a sense of comfort, and as we always say, you know, a sense of optimism and hope about the future of your finances. And I just want to throw in here, too, that it's really important if you don't know what a consumer proposal is, only a licensed insolvency trustee can facilitate that for you. This isn't something that some guy on the corner at a, you know, paycheck store or whatever can do for you. A licensed insolvency trustee is the only one because you because you all are so um, encompassed by the law and there's very specific ways of doing it. 
That's exactly right, Elaine. So, you know, first off, people don't need any referrals to go and see a licensed insolvency trustee. You don't need somebody to represent you. You know, if you start to Google consumer proposal, you might find a bunch of advisors who aren't trustees who are trying to sell consumer proposals. And all they're selling essentially is an introduction to a licensed insolvency trustee, which you can get for free. So your best bet is to come directly to a consumer proposal, uh, sorry, to, to a licensed insolvency trustee for a consumer proposal. And as you alluded to, Elaine, it's the most powerful debt option that's out there because it can cover everything from credit cards, bank overdrafts, payday loans, lines of credit, and even, and most people don't know this, but even government debts like your student loans and any debts to Canada Revenue Agency for taxes or maybe CERB overpayments or different things like that, which we know we're going to see a lot more of in the future. Um, And another great thing with a consumer proposal is it gives you protection. So it's the same protection as if you had filed the bankruptcy. So most people know, or they, at least they, they think they know, if you go into bankruptcy, you know, things have to stop against you. Any court actions, all those collection calls, wage seizures. Well, you get that same protection if you file a consumer proposal, but you haven't had to file a bankruptcy. Now, is there a specific amount of time that you have to have it done by or how does that work? Yeah, consumer proposal. So as we mentioned, it's usually a monthly payment um, and the monthly payments can't extend beyond 60 months. So the maximum term of a consumer proposal is five years or 60 months, as I said, and you can pay it off sooner than that term, which is actually quite powerful. So, you know, if you do a consumer proposal now and say your payment is $150 a month, but next year you get a great job and you're able to double that payment to, to $300 a month. Well, your proposal is going to be done in half the time as usual. You don't pay any penalty to get it done sooner. You just put things behind you more quickly. And that can be just so powerful when you think about, you know, if you're carrying a little bit of debt on a credit card, even something like $6,000 of debt can be 40 years of minimum payments. So a proposal by law can't be any longer than five years. And quite often it's quicker than that because people are able to pay it off more quickly than they anticipate. And just before we get to the steps of making one in this province, what's the parameters in terms of the size of debt? You know, it's pretty broad. Um, the proposal is eligible for anybody who owes at least $1,000, which you know is a pretty low bar these days, uh, with a maximum $250,000. So that encompasses, you know, just about, um, I won't say all, but most of the consumer debt situations that I see, it's been between, you know, 1000 to 250000 The most common is in the range of about twenty-five dollars to $50,000 of debt, whether it's credit cards, income taxes, student loans, or whatnot. Uh, you can still do a proposal if your debts are more than $250,000, but it's a different kind of proposal. It's not a consumer proposal anymore, and some different rules apply, which we won't go into today. Okay, fair enough. Um, and I just want to mention, too, before we go into the, the sort of the general steps that you can take, um, Sands & Associates, if any of this information is resonating with you and you think you want to take some action, uh, which I recommend you do if you're thinking about it, just even to find out a little bit more and talk to somebody, I'm going to give you the phone number. It's 1-800-660-3030. That's to set up an appointment uh, as well as find an office near you. Of course, we've always been saying that, but at this point, we're really setting up appointments and to do these meetings virtually. Is that right, Blair? Absolutely, yeah. So there's uh, since March of the pandemic, we've been helping more clients than ever with things over Zoom or over the telephone. We're signing documents electronically. Um, so we're still fully operational as an essential service. Okay, great. So let's talk about those steps then that it uh, takes to do a consumer proposal in this province. Yeah, you know, step one is probably the hardest one. That's to reach out. So step one is to connect with Sands and Associates to meet with one of our representatives, either myself or one of my colleagues, a licensed insolvency trustee or a qualified estate manager, uh, where we'll sit down and we'll do a free and confidential consultation. 
Uh, we want to sit down. We want to understand, I guess, sit down virtually these days, uh, understand and assess your financial situation and discuss to you all of the options that are available um, to resolve your debt. So a proposal might be a great fit for someone that sits down with us uh, in one situation. Uh, another situation might not be so dire. We can just give them a little bit of budgetary coaching. Uh, maybe someone else, we need to, to coach someone. Here's how you refinance a mortgage to deal with your debts. So we don't automatically default to a consumer proposal. We have to look at things like your income, your family size, uh, your objectives, and all other considerations just to make sure the proposal is going to be the right option. It's affordable and it's set up from success from the start. Nice. And again, you don't need a referral to come and see you. And sitting down or, or virtually sitting down with you, uh, the consultation, the initial consultation, absolutely free of charge. And I love this part that it's without obligation. So if you sit down yes. and go, oh, no, this is not for me, I'm not. And you want to walk out literally at that point, you certainly can. Or you can come up with some other options, which I love the fact that you guys, you know, just give people a, a bunch of different ways of dealing with their situation because quite honestly everybody's situation is pretty unique right Mm -hmm. Well, and that's what's so interesting about being a trustee is, yeah, there's no two, two days that are the same because behind every debt situation, there's a family, there's circumstances, there's a bunch of things that have happened to get someone to this point. So, you know, the consultation is free, but it's also free of judgment. You're not going to feel like a bad person because you're in debt. You know, all we do every day is help people that are in debt and we do it without any sort of judgment or making you feel bad. We just want to help you, um, you know, achieve a better tomorrow. So, yeah, it's no referral required. You just give us a call or visit us on the website and, you know, we're even doing meetings same day quite a bit these days. Nice. So let's say we decide that, yeah, this is the best uh, uh, step forward, do a consumer proposal. What do we do then? So the second thing, uh, after we've had that meeting, we'll get you to fill out um, some documents for us, give us some basic information, uh, and then we'll prepare your proposal. So once we understand who you owe money to and approximately how much, once we understand your monthly budget, what you can afford to pay back, and if you have any other assets we need to consider, uh, we'll prepare the official filing documents, and then we'll have an online meeting either over the telephone or over Zoom, uh, Microsoft Teams or whatever, uh, where you can sign the documents electronically. Uh, what happens from that day, and this can be as soon as, you know, literally a couple days after the initial consultation, if someone is pretty organized and give us the information right away, we can turn around documents very quickly. And as soon as you sign those documents, you're immediately protected. Your creditors are prohibited from charging you any further interest, and they're not allowed to contact you for any payments. Your trustee essentially steps in the middle between you and your creditors and enforces the ceasefire, because what happens with a proposal, like any proposal in life, it can either be accepted or rejected. Now, 95% of the time, a consumer proposal that's made is accepted as it's filed. So it's a really high, high probability of success. But under the law, there's a 45-day voting period. So when someone sits down and signs those documents, that's day one of the 45-day voting period. And at the end of the 45-day voting period, the trustee uh, will phone you or send you a letter saying, you know what, the proposal's been approved as filed, and let's continue on and get you to make those payments. Um, what's great about a consumer proposal is we don't need unanimity of all of your debts to say yes. So if you might owe five people uh, a sum of money, and you know three of them really want to, to accept this proposal, but two of them don't, as long as those three people have a majority of your debt by dollar value, everybody is forced to abide by the terms of the consumer proposal. So you don't need to worry if one of your debts says, no way, no how, would I ever compromise on this debt? Well, as long as the majority of the creditors feel that they, that they do want to compromise, um, you're able to proceed with the consumer proposal and get it approved. Excellent. And, the, and, what, and then what, Blair? 
Well, once the proposal is approved, the next step is you fulfilling the terms. So once you sign the proposal, you stop making any debt payments, um, and then you start making payments on the consumer proposal. And we're going to get through a couple examples, I hope, if we have time, but the payments are significantly lower. So generally, people are in a much better financial situation because they're paying a whole lot less per month on the proposal than they were paying on their debts. They keep control of all of their assets. They do their taxes normally. The only thing they have to do other than make that proposal payment is to attend two financial counseling sessions, which people get huge value out of these financial counseling sessions. They talk to you about credit rebuilding, about life after the proposal, how you move forward with great financial habits, trying to make it a one-time only thing uh, that you have to do a proposal. Okay, well, let's, in the last minute and a half that we've got, let's go to those examples, Blair, that you alluded to. Yeah thrilled to do so. So these are all very recent examples for us. Um, so one that we've worked with recently was someone with about $41,000 of consumer debt. So right uh, kind of in the most common band of debt that we see. Uh, and we were able to settle that for $350 a month um, over 60 months. So they were paying back $21,000 with no interest inclusive of all charges, no extra fees to the trustee ever. Um, so they came in owing $41,000 plus interest. They walked out uh, owing $21,000, no interest, and a payment of three fifty a month that goes away after five years or sooner if they can pay a little bit more. Wow, that's quite something. Mm-hmm. Oh, it even gets better, Elaine. I've got, I've got one with a bigger reduction, too. A couple here. Okay, okay good. <laughs> can I do one more? Yeah, please do. Okay, so this is a self-employed individual, and he had debts around 43000 This included tax debt, which is quite often common for a self-employed person. We filed a proposal that got it down to $13,800 total, so reducing it by nearly 70% monthly payments of just $230 a month, so completely life-changing for this person. Completely life-changing. So if this is resonating with you and you want to take some action and you want to sit down with somebody uh, to see if your situation fits a consumer proposal, this is the number again. It's 1-800-661-3030 to get an appointment with someone from Sands & Associates as well as to find an office near you. They're literally located all over British Columbia. You're listening to Dollars and Cents with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates helping you get out of debt. So, is it a bump in the road or a financial sinkhole? And the only way to know the difference is look at the key debt warning signs that just you just shouldn't ignore. So, Blair, every day you and your team at Sands & Associates talk to consumers and small business owners who are looking for good debt advice as well as solutions. In your experience, do many people arrive at the conclusion that they need debt help for the same reason? Well, definitely, Elaine, there's a lot of commonality uh, with the clients that come to see us. And what's also really interesting, too, is the balance between feeling in control of your debt versus debt being in control of you can change very, very quickly. Sometimes things can really unravel in the space of a few months. Uh, Sometimes things have been building over a number of years, but then there's some sudden shock and then things suddenly become a a crisis, but a lot of people don't realize how close they actually are uh, to a financial crisis until they're, you know, essentially in the middle of it. Um, you know, no situations are exactly alike. Uh, what we do every year at Sands and Associates is we survey uh, our past clients and we try to ask those insights, you know, about how could how could you recognize your problem and looking back in hindsight, you know, what is clear to you now that perhaps wasn't clear in that moment. Um, and what also becomes clear too is that 
very few people actually seek help at the first sign of financial difficulty. It's only 5% of individuals said, yeah, as soon as I knew I was in trouble, I reached out, I got some help, I got a plan, I didn't suffer. For 95% of people, it's the opposite. They suffer, they flail about, they're not sure where to go, they end up being incredibly stressed out. And sometimes that can extend for up to two years. So when someone says, you know, I've had your number, I've been wanting to call for about 18 months, I say, yep, you're right in the ballpark of what typically people do suffer for that period of time. And why they suffer, what people told us, is they're trying to figure out a solution on their own. So they want to manage their debts independently. That was the most common reason why people didn't reach out for help right away. Now, second to that was they thought there was no solution to their situation. So what I'm so proud of and what we do in this show is we really give people the information they need to understand there's a solution to every single debt problem you could be facing. But the vast majority of people just think that it's hopeless. They either don't know about a proposal at all, or they have a horrible conception of what a bankruptcy would mean. Um, so the education we're able to give, you know, it really can be life changing. Um, oftentimes people don't know where to seek help. So they don't know that the trustee exists. They don't think it's a person that, that can actually help them rehabilitate. Um, and then finally, just the embarrassment or the shame. And this is really universal. There's no one that I've met that's walked into my office, you know, incredibly proud of being $50,000 in debt. They might have been proud of all their achievements prior to that problem and proud of, you know, their future upside. But, you know, being in debt, it can really hit your self-worth, you know, your ability to be kind to yourself, your self-esteem, and all that can manifest itself even physically with health issues. So, you know, not getting help, it's really not a long-term strategy and it can just get worse and worse. Now, I know because of how often and how many people you've talked to in your career, you have some really good ideas, some first things that you want people to be on the lookout for as potential signs that their finances may need some closer attention before they get to that really difficult stage where they're in trouble and they need help now. What are some of the things that people, you know, the average person could just look at and just sort of double check and see how they're doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of these might be might sound pretty common sense, and that's okay. Some might be surprising. The first, I think this is, you know, the most common sense of all is, are you surviving or thriving based on your budget? So having a balanced budget is not surprising, but that's really the basic recommendation to manage your debt. But you need to consider, is your budget revolving around your debt? You know, how much of your household income is spent making your debt payments each month? Uh, If it's all of your household disposable income, are you not saving any money at that point? Do you have any emergency savings? Do you have the insurances that you need if something were to happen? You know, if you can't afford to get contents insurance because you're paying all your money to debt payments and suddenly there's a flood, a fire or something like that, that can be financially catastrophic. Uh, What resources would you have if there was an unexpected repair or a sudden temporary dip in income? A lot of folks that I see, their budget is stretched just to the max uh, and they use credit as a safety net. Uh, But that's really not a long term plan because eventually, um, you know, the credit could be pulled back at any point or might hit its limit uh, and then it would be a real challenge for you. Okay, so um, savings and adequate insurances can make a big difference on how anyone handles a financial emergency. But credit as a safety net can be super comforting, but it isn't ideal, uh, is it? 
No, definitely not. The better habit to get into is the idea of paying yourself first and figuring out a bit of a hierarchy. So, you know, your first thing is you need to make sure you're saving for that emergency fund every month. But after then, you want to think about, you know, retirement planning, a TFSA, a tax-free savings account, for example, or maybe uh, education savings plans if you have kids at that certain age. But if your budget's at the point where essentially you're only making ends meet by either going further into debt um, or you're struggling to just make the minimum payments each month, you're not going to be able to achieve your financial goals because your budget is just going to constrain you too much. Got it. Okay. And before we go to um, to move on to the other warning signs that you want to talk about, I just want to remind folks to go to the website for Sands and Associates at sands-trustee.com. It's filled with great questions and really good answers. And if you want to give them a call and set up that that first appointment, easy to do. Their number is 1-800-661-3030. And of course, uh, they're super accessible, have offices all over British Columbia. So let's stay with the warning signs, Blair. What's the last one that you, you think is super important? Yeah, another really important one here is what we call the minimum payment trap. So, you know, we've talked about if your budget is so stretched because you're only making minimum payments, but you really need to understand making minimum payments, though your credit rating might still look pretty good, that's one of the biggest warning signs that you're not on a good financial plan. You're on a financial plan that's going to keep you in debt for many, many years. So we talk a lot on on this show about, you know, various examples, uh, you know, a $6,000 debt, even an amount like that, can be up to 40 years to pay off at just minimum payments. And that was a really key warning sign by uh, by uh, clients who responded to our most recent survey. Only making minimum payments was 60% of people's main warning sign. That's how they knew they had a problem is they looked at their credit balances each month. They were straining like crazy to get all the minimum payments paid. And then the next month, they saw their debts had went down by just a few dollars, just maybe 10% of what they had paid. The 90% was payments in, charges out, and it really wasn't drawing down their balance. So the minimum payment trap is just so important to avoid. Now, is this where you always like to talk about the rule of 60 as, as, as a good tool for folks? Yeah, I think that's a good a good uh, little math test to do is to say, you know, if you think you don't have a debt problem, okay, take the amount of debt that you have, your credit cards, lines of credit, student loans, income taxes, things other than a mortgage or a car loan, take that amount, forget about the interest, but divide it by 60 and just see what that monthly payment looks like. So if it was $30,000 of debt divided by 60, that's $500 a month. And just see, okay, if I really wanted to get out of debt over 60 months, forgetting about the interest, could I pay $500 a month? And if that seems like, oh my gosh, I couldn't pay $200 a month, that's a big indicator that whatever you're doing, even if you're just paying the minimum payments, you're not going to get out of debt keeping that same behavior. You're going to need to get help, ideally from a licensed insolvency trustee. And are there any other warning signs that folks can watch out for once they realize they're sort of moving into that next level of working on a plan to pay off their debt that we can finish the segment off with? Yeah, a couple of really important ones. Um, So one is using assets to pay down your debt. So not always a warning sign. Sometimes, you know, if your eyes wide open could be what you want to do. But many times when I see it, it's people didn't have eyes wide open. They used an asset to pay off their debt because they thought they would lose it. And in reality, it was a protected asset. 
So the common ones, the most common one that breaks my heart is cashing in RRSPs. So if someone there is listening, thinking about cashing in their RRSPs to pay their debts, because they figure they're going to lose them anyway if they're sued or if they have to file a bankruptcy, they wouldn't lose them regardless of a bankruptcy or even if they were sued. But if you cash them in to pay your debts, they're gone at that point. You can't easily get them back and you probably got yourself a bit of a tax liability as well. So be very careful using assets to pay debt. Um, the other is just to be very careful about trying to borrow yourself out of a situation. So, you know, sometimes you'll consolidate all your debt together and you'll decide to refinance your mortgage, for example, but you haven't changed your spending patterns or the underlying issue that caused the problem. So then suddenly the debts go back up again. Um, or in other cases, you're looking to consolidate your debts, but you end up bringing in a co-signer, for example. So someone who is not involved in your debts at all, you've now made them fully liable for your co-signed consolidated debts. Both of those are very risky strategies, something consumers should definitely think twice before pursuing. All right. Uh, if you want, if you've got more questions and you want some answers, the website is great with Sands and Associates at sands-trustee.com or give them a call. Set up that first appointment, uh, 1-800-661-3030 uh, and get started on that plan. You're listening to Dollars and Cents. This is part two of our our two segments on trustee tips for debt and other money matters. Uh, and so Blair's going to share some more tips with us about how to deal with debt, manage money, as well as our personal financial affairs. So before we get back into the uh, do's and don'ts, can you tell us a bit about Sands and Associates and what you and your team do, just in case there's somebody that doesn't know? Oh, certainly. I'm proud to say Sands & Associates is BC's largest firm of licensed insolvency trustees focused on helping individuals and small businesses solve their financial problems. Uh, we were founded in 1990, so coming into our 33rd year of operations. Uh, you know, it's one thing to help a lot of people, which we've done over the years, but what we're most proud about is our approach to helping people. So we treat everybody with dignity, with respect, with empathy. Um, as I say, if they walk through our door, a lot of things are virtual these days, but as they make contact with us, they they should feel that right away, that we're not here to judge. We're people helping people, and we just know anybody at any point in their life could be faced with a debt problem. So we try to be, obviously, professionally competent, but also empathetic, understanding, and compassionate about the circumstances that bring people to seek our help. Excellent. And I know you've got lots of different ways that you approach topics uh, with folks and to help them with their debt management. Yeah, so everything starts with, with a confidential free debt consultation. So that's where we assess your situation. We evaluate, look at all of your debt relief options, the ones that may include using a licensed insolvency trustee, and either, even others that you may or may not be aware of. We'll answer questions about all of your rights, your remedies, your responsibilities, um, give you all of the key resources you need to make a good decision about dealing with your debt. Um, if it ends up that you need to formally restructure your debts, well, we're empowered by the federal government to help you either consolidate and reduce your debts with a consumer proposal or eliminate the debt completely with a personal bankruptcy. But it all starts with just that first no obligation, confidential conversation. And then you really get someone who's interested in your situation, ready to help you figure out your options. And I just want to stress again, when you talked about in the, in the very beginning of this segment about sort of the culture of Sands and Associates and, and how you deal with people and talk to people. I got to say, we, we met a couple of folks that work within the, within your offices, uh, years ago when we started doing this show. And I couldn't get over how 
you know, thoughtful and articulate and kind uh, and knowledgeable, right? So they had that wonderful balance of knowledge as well as were very empathetic and prepared to help somebody. I'd like you to talk about that for just a second. Yeah, and you know, I, I sometimes I worry if it sounds a, a little bit hokey, but it, you know, I, we have my staff and I discuss it all the time, just the unique privilege that we have to be able to ease suffering in others. And if I can think about something that motivates me to get up in the morning, it's, well, I'm going to meet a bunch of people today who are experiencing pain, and their pain is going to be somewhat lessened because they had a conversation with me or with my staff. And I know everyone that works with me, it's that type of thing. It's just knowing we're contributing, we're helping somebody, giving them information, oftentimes starting to help them get their self-esteem back because quite often people have been so beaten down. You know, we all want to honor our obligations. And even that word, honor our obligations, it doesn't mean you're a dishonorable person because you can't pay your debts. But sometimes the first, you know, nice conversation people are having about money is when we're having that conversation with us. And we take that very seriously, knowing the responsibility that comes uh, with that opportunity to help people ease their suffering and their pain. And while you suggest that it might sound hokey, Blair, I know that it's just so true about you, especially. And the reason why you became a licensed insolvency trustee in the very beginning was to, to give people a hand uh, when they get into these situations. And I just want to I just want to say that out loud. You don't have to respond to it, but I think it's important that people know that. The other thing I want to uh, throw in here just before we continue on is the phone number. So 1-800-661-3030 is the phone number you can use all over British Columbia to set up that first meeting. Uh, the website, again, is sands-trustee.com. So we covered a lot in the first segment of this two-parter. Can you share more tips around managing credit or avoid common challenges with borrowing that, that, you've, that you've run into, that folks you have talked to have run into? Well, certainly. You know, one really important one is the idea of always paying more than the minimum if you can't avoid carrying a balance on your credit card. We've often called this the minimum payment trap. And I encourage anybody, if you're carrying a balance on your credit card, look closely at the statement because they have to tell you how long it's going to take to pay things off if you only make the minimum payments. That's a government requirement over the last number of years. Um, even small balances can take quite a prolonged time to pay off. So, you know, the numbers here are pretty indicative. If it was a 24% interest rate, which is kind of a mid-level card, you know, store cards are higher at the 29s or 30s, sometimes bank cards are a little bit lower, but 24% is pretty reasonable. Uh, at a 24% interest rate, your debt's going to double every three years. So even a $6,000 debt could take 40 years to pay off just making your minimum monthly payments. And, you know, you can imagine if the interest rates are higher than that, if you've got a 30% card or even a payday loan, for example, you know, you might be paying interest charges for decades to come on even just a small card. So you've really got to make sure that just because you're able to make the minimum payments, that does not mean you're doing everything right for your own financial situation. It means you're making the bank a whole lot of interest money every month, uh, but you might be trapping yourself into a cycle of payments that's not going to end um, you know, for decades to come unless you do something different. So if you're able to pay more than the minimums, that's great. Definitely start to do so. If you're really struggling to just make the minimum payments, that's a huge indication that you'd benefit from speaking with a licensed insolvency trustee. Excellent. Do you want to mention the rule of the rule of 60 that we've talked about before? 
Yeah, that can be just a really good kind of a thumbnail type of sketch of do I have a financial issue? So the way you do this math um, is to say you take all of your debt, um, so your credit cards, student loans, lines of credit, or whatever, divide that number by 60. So maybe it's $30,000 divided by 60, that's $500. So $500, does that seem like a monthly payment you could afford? Because that's what it's going to take to get you out of debt in any reasonable amount of time. That's just saying to pay off the principal in five years, and obviously the interest is going to take you a bit longer. But if you find, hey, that 500 is not possible in any way, shape, or form, that's, again, another big indication that, hey, maybe changing the game a little bit, getting some help with your debts is really going to help you deal with the situation, get you out of debt way quicker than under your own accord. I, I, can we skip ahead to the, the payday and installment loans? Because mm-hmm. I just feel that it's important to remind folks, because we get inundated with commercials and, and suggestions that this is the way to go, and it's so easy and so available. Uh, but the danger, the danger that comes with dealing with these. Yeah, these uh, types of loans, so the payday loans or installment loans, I've seen just an explosion of them definitely in the last five years, and especially even in the last you know few months or so, it feels like we're seeing more and more. And payday loans are your lender of last resort. So it's generally people can't borrow money anywhere else, so they end up at a payday lender. And because payday loans are high risk to the lender, the costs are incredibly high to the individual. So the criminal code says that the maximum amount of interest that can be charged in Canada is 60%, but they've got exceptions for payday lenders who can be up around 500% when you add in all the interest and fees. So it's very rare I see an individual that has just a single payday loan. It often breeds a vicious cycle where you need to take a second payday loan to pay off the first, the third to the second. Um, I've seen more than 10, even more than 20 different payday lenders that people are dealing with. And you can just imagine the stress at that point. So the best case is if you're finding that you need to borrow money from a payday lender, it's your lender of last resort, you need to investigate, is this the only way for me to be dealing with your situation? Is it a temporary thing? Okay, I've got a one-time only car repair. I just need some quick money. I know I can pay it back. But if it's turning into anything more than just a one-time only quick borrowing, uh, you definitely would need the help of a trustee because with those interest rates and charges, you could be locked into a downward spiral. Okay. Now, we've only got about 25 seconds left, but you've got some key points at the last of this segment about advice around what to do if debt is becoming an, an issue. Well, the biggest thing, again, is always to reach out for help. Uh, what you want to do is to assess, you know, your various warning signs. So sometimes people are getting calls or getting letters or getting collection activities being threatened against them, but it doesn't have to be that dire. If you just find you're not looking towards being debt-free in any reasonable amount of time, now is the time to reach out for help, get that consultation, and speak to a trustee. And all the other issues can get covered under that that session of asking for help. You're listening to Dollars and Cents with Blair Manton from Sands and Associates. The website, sands-trustee.com. The phone number, 1-800-661-3030. You've been listening to Dollars and Cents. See you next time. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.